0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. This is part six in our series on Fitly Joined, and my title today, for those of you who like a title is, So Who Is the Pastor of Metro Church Anyway? So Who Is the Pastor of Metro Church Again? Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, and he gave himself, and that's capital H, both those. So, speaking about Jesus, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Oh, I'd love to pause there for a while. My goodness gracious, if you ask me, is the church ready for the return of Christ? I would say, right there is the measure that God is waiting on before the return of Jesus. Don't look into the world to see whether Jesus is coming back. Don't look at circumstance and trends. Look into the church and say, are we there yet? Are we at the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ? Now watch what it goes on to say. It tells you what that looks like. That we should no longer be children. Grow up. Stop being immature. That we should no longer be children. Tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine and the doctrine word there doesn't just mean Bible teaching. It's talking about theories. It's talking about ideas. Don't get tossed around by everything that's coming down the pipe by the trickery of men in cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But Speaking the truth in love. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. May grow up into all things, into Him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body. We are talking about the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? He says, this is how you'll know. When the whole body joined and knit together, not divided. Not all split up into you and me and them and they, but joined together by what every joint supplies. That means no person in the body of Christ is some irrelevant part, some insignificant thing we can do without. There are no superfluous believers but by which every joint supplies according to the effective working, not the effective watching, the effective working, by which every part, turn to your neighbour and say, that's got to be you. By which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Heavenly Father, help us today. There isn't one of us here, Lord, myself included. That's anywhere near yet where you want us to get. There's so much more for our life. And God, we have a hunger to grow. We have a hunger to know more of you. We don't feel like we've even scratched the barest spot surface of who you are and what you are able to do in our life so holy spirit would you help us today wherever we are we may be in a lounge room somewhere a part of the service online or maybe lord we are right here in the building and we are able to celebrate and gather together but lord wherever we are would you help us to grow we pray in jesus name amen and amen In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 through to 16, like we read, we are told a specific list of five offices or five ministries that God has placed in the church for the purpose of uh, getting His body to where it needs to get so Christ can return. Those five are the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. Now, certainly we can give you examples in the New Testament of specific names that are attached to those gifts in the Bible. So Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Agabus, it says the prophet. And so there are certainly people that had those titles, if you like attached to their name. But let me suggest to you today that these five gifts are meant to be more than a title or the role of any one person or group. Like there are 23 people in the Bible named apostles. One of them, by the way, is a woman, at least one. So I just thought I'd throw that in just for a little bit of controversy for some of you that just like a little bit. Uh, but I believe it's meant to be more than a title or a role of one person or group. They are meant to be an expression of Jesus in the entire church, that the church, and I don't mean like I know some denominations there are that insist that every local church has to have someone called apostle, one called prophet, blah, blah, blah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the church as a body of people having an apostolic expression. In other words, having an expression of pioneering and planning, not necessarily planning churches, but having an expression of initiating ministries and helps for people. I believe that that's part of the apostolic uh, juice, if you like, that God's put in the church. The church is meant to be creative, meant to be thinking, meant to be challenging the impossibilities, meant to be saying, well, we know that that Couldn't normally happen. But by the grace of God, we're going to see that happen. We're going to pioneer that if necessary. I believe the entire church should be prophetic. I believe that the church ought to have a voice that people hear and that's reliable, a voice that people will look at. First Peter talks about have an answer for those who look at you and ask you about the hope that's in your life. And so much of the church wants to say things that no one's asking. Just throw I chuck a bit more controversy in there for you. Listen, if they're not asking, it's because we're not doing what we're meant to do. Matthew 5 tells us that, uh, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What are you doing? Listen to me. What are you doing in your neighborhood that's good? What are you doing in your workplace that's good? That'll ever cause someone to come and ask, why are you like that? Or are you like everybody else on a Monday going to work going, oh God, I hate this job. Or you go there saying, thank God for the privilege. God, who do you want me to minister to today? You go, Jeff, be realistic. No one's like that. Oh, yes, they are. Come on, lots of people are. God's put you in places. Maybe the next client that you're going to meet is somebody that really has got a, a tiny wee opening that, uh, for the Gospel. And you're going to be the person in the right place. But they're never going to ask if all you ever do or all I ever do is complain about the same things that everybody else is complaining about. Just thought I'd chuck that in. So I believe the entire church Ought to be evangelistic, I don't believe in bringing in an evangelist necessarily. I believe the entire church ought to be. in. thank God for this church with its great evangelistic, reaching heart, pointing people to salvation in Christ. Thank God for the people who are unashamedly. We heard it from young uh, Gabby Partha the other day, a university student who said in his five minutes of fire about how he's become much more bold at university and how many people there are at university, which so many people go, it's the bastion of secularism and humanism. Well, yeah, but there's a young Christian there going around saying, you know what, I'm meeting people all the time that really want to know about the gospel. They really want to know about Jesus. They don't want to know about religion, but they do want to know about the person called Christ who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him and they want to know about that. I believe that the whole church ought to be teaching truth to our world. Hello, if you're a parent here, I trust that you have an expression of the office of a teacher in your home. I pray that you're doing more than just simply paying for your children to go to school. Amen. Listen to me, one of the most powerful things a parent will ever do is teach by example their children of how to live a godly life. Last night, Rhonda and I went to the 60th birthday. I think I can say that. It's too late, I did. The 60th birthday party of Owen and Jenny Fox used to be a part of our staff here pastor of church in Kalgoorlie for INC. Just wonderful, wonderful couple. And to hear their three children all stand up and speak about the influence of their mother and their father uh, and how they lived out the gospel. You know, they never mentioned one sermon that their pastor father preached or their pastor mother preached. But they talked about all the times mum bought grace and mum bought forgiveness into their world. Can I say to you, you don't need a pulpit to be a teacher. Amen. You can teach wherever you are. You don't have to be the boss running the staff meeting to be a teacher. You can teach in your workplace by the way you go about it, by the way you live life. So that when someone says, oh, life sucks, you go, oh, no, can I tell you? You know, there's so much good going on in the world today. And they'll go, really? People are freaked out by a couple of things. They're freaked out by generosity. Just be generous for no reason. It really freaks people out. Trust me, you just go and say, I want to pay for that. And they go, you want to what? I'm going to pay for those... Those two ambos that I just saw coming in to get a coffee, would you here, I'm paying for them. And they go, Do you know? Them? No, I don't. Well, why are you doing it then? It freaks people out. Being positive in the midst of gloom freaks people out. Amen? When you come into work and you're singing, you can have my heart. You can have my heart. And they go, Oh, they've been watching The Bachelor all. I've honestly never watched the show. I am better. I want the remote when the ads come on. I'm going, oh, that's just, yeah, whatever. Just thought I'd chuck a bit more in. This is going to be a warning for it. How many people know you need a bit of salt with your food, amen? I'm just salting a little bit of it for you here, all right? So the whole church ought to be teaching truth to our world. But likewise, I believe the entire church ought to be pastoral. The clue is in verse 16. This is what it says in the New Living. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its special work. Pause there a minute and realise you have got a special part to play. Come on, I don't care who you are. Maybe nobody else in this building knows that you're even here or knows who you are. They don't know your name yet. Can I tell you according to that verse in the Bible, If you're a follower of Christ, you've got a special part. Come on, you've got a special part. Don't say to yourself, oh yeah, I just. I think just is a four-letter word. I just do this, I just do that. There's no such thing as I just serve Jesus. Amen. Does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let me give you this morning. In this message entitled, So Who's the Pastor of Metro Church Again? Let me tell you four reasons why I believe every one of us should and do, by and large, care and nourish and help one another. Number one, this is world-class revelation. I should write a book on it. This will be the title. Everyone can do it. Amen. Oh, God, I pray you'll just give me the gift of caring for others. Lord, if you would just put your hand on me and anoint me. Lord, let the anointment, mm, so that I can be nice to people. So I can think a bit bigger than just Jeff. There isn't anybody alive who can say, sorry, brother, but being caring is not my gift. Amen. I've got a, a, a card at home. I picked it up in the bookshop years ago. I've never sent it to anyone because I didn't hate anybody enough to send it to them. It says, yesterday wasn't your day. and Tomorrow may not be either. And quite frankly, right now it's not looking so hot either. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not equipped. If the church would run... A, cl- a course, a class. Love one another. If only I knew how. I don't have the skill. The truth is everybody. is that right? You know why we don't care for one another when we don't? It's because we're sitting in a little bubble called me. And the little bubble called me Blocks out everyone. All you can see is, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. but." I want you to notice something, that Jesus is never called the great preacher. There isn't a verse in the Bible where it's called the great preacher of the flock. I don't know any verse that calls him the great leader, but I know several that say he's the great shepherd of the sheep. Amen. Psalm 23 doesn't say the Lord is my lecturer. I shall not want. It doesn't say the Lord is my management consultant. He'll tell me what to do next. The Lord is my chain of command delegator. It says the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. Everyone can do it. Here's number two. The second reason why I believe every one of us should and do care and nourish and help each other is because it's the spirit of the kingdom. It's the way the kingdom operates. It may not be the way the world operates, but it's the way the kingdom operates. John 14, verse 16. Let me read it to you in several. Uh, Here's King James. I'll pray the Father and He'll give you the Holy Spirit, another what? What does He call Him? A comforter. Isn't that cool? Isn't it wonderful that the Holy Spirit isn't come and say, sit up straight, head back, come on now, come on, get up there, get into it, come on, you can. He's not called the great cheerleader. He's called, I'm going to give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The New King James Version translates that comforter as helper. The NIV, it's counsellor. The Message Version, it's friend. All I know is that the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of the kingdom, is somebody who's got Care at the very core of his ministry. That if you ask someone, what does the Holy Spirit lead people to do? Well, praise God, he leads them to speak in tongues and it's supernatural. Mm. Well, he might do that too. But can I tell you when the Holy Spirit really fills a believer's life, the first thing they start doing is thinking about other people. Come on, the first thing. And the Holy Spirit does I discovered I was reading a book Which is not unusual But uh, I discovered this thing I'd never heard of it Called Google Ngram It's part of the suite Of Google uh, tools Like Google Scholar And ones like that That flowed out of their Thing about I think it was digitising All the books of the world And and this is what what it does You can go on there And pick any word Specify a language specify a time frame. The ones I'm going to show you are from 1850 to 2019. And it'll tell you the frequency of those words in print throughout the whole time. So let's have a look at we. Just put up we, if you would, please. That's we. Over 1800 through to 2019. You can see kind of pretty steady. Uh, Get down there to the the last couple of years and we's risen up a little bit. But other than that, pretty much a straight line. I, I put in the word united. Let's have a look at United if we can. You're going to get a message out of Google Angram this morning as well as the Word of God. Look what happens with United. We are living in a world, listen to me, we're living in a world that more than ever wants to say, you know what, if I'm for this, I'm against that. I'm not so bothered about what you think about a whole range of issues that are floating around the planet right now as I am about whether we remember that Jesus' last prayer before the cross was not that we will be powerful, but that we will be one. Psalm 133 says that where the brethren, the sisters, dwell together in unity, there the Lord commands a blessing. Even life forevermore. So that's united over the last uh, two hundred and twenty years. Look where it's gone. That's the frequency in print. We're not thinking it. Let me put in the word "I." Are you getting it yet? Out the spirit of the world more than ever is I, and forget about unity, forget about any commonality. Listen, people tell me, well, uh, you know, what do you believe about this or that? And I go, look, you know, that's not my main focus. I believe that every person on planet Earth deserves the right to hear the Gospel, regardless of their background, regardless of their beliefs, their politics, their, their social issue." Thingo, who they follow on Instagram or not, who they troll. I believe that every person, and I refuse, as I said a couple of weeks ago in the PM, I refuse to come down from the throne to wrestle pigs. It wasn't a very pretty kind of picture, but you get what I'm saying. I believe that the church ought to be proclaiming the gospel to lost people more than ever. We have a hope. Not just for this life, but for the life that is to come. The worst thing in your life is not to die. The worst thing in your life would be to die without Christ. We can't do that. We've divided everybody up so that that becomes the picture, sadly, not of the world, but of the church. You're all still here. The spirit of the world is I. The spirit of the kingdom is together. Here's number three. Third reason why I believe that it matters that every one of us care and nourish and help each other is that I become healthy when I do that. I become healthy when I help and care for others. I've lost count of all the studies or the podcasts that I've listened to where study after study after study shows that if you want to be emotionally healthy, mentally well and strong, the first thing is not to download the latest eight-step program. It's to get out of yourself. I first learned that sitting at a wedding reception with Pastor Dr. Frank Fullwood. Gone to be of the Lord now, but he was a medical doctor and a pastor who whose ministry was to helping people that were given up on by mental health agencies. And I got to sit with him once and I said, Pastor Frank, Dr. Frank, what's your secret? Because you help people that nobody else can help. They've just given them up. They've medicated them to the eyeballs and they're not getting any better. What do you do? And he said, well, one of the things I do is he said, I get those people and I get them to find an expression of helping others. He said, because all of their problems simply continue to focus themselves on themselves. So he told me about a nun, a nun, N-U-N nun, who came to him who who just couldn't function at all. But then he discovered that she trained many, many years ago as as an early childhood teacher. So he got her teaching children remedial English. He said it was remarkable. Now, I'm sure he did other things. I'm sure there was counselling, whatever. But I know this, that you're never going to become healthy by focusing on you. I think Proverbs 11 verse 25 says it best, doesn't it? The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others. Do you know what? I've never been so low that I couldn't help somebody else? I've sometimes thought so much about my problems and my issues and what's wrong with me and God and, and all the rest of that stuff. And I thank God for all the times He's helped me see an outlet for my life. That on my weakest day and my most difficult day, there were people I could help. Not out of my skill. Not out of my vast experience and wisdom of life, but just out of going, you want know you matter, you matter to God. Here's the last one, number four. Fourth reason why I believe we can and should and everyone can nourish and help each other is in order that we'll be a complete and healthy church. Now, I went through the Bible this week. That's not a big surprise either, but I read through it and I wrote down everyone of the one another's in the New Testament. I didn't count those that were there several times like love one another's in there about half a dozen times. I counted that just as one. Do you know there are 27 different one another's in the New Testament? They are commands of God to the church saying do this for one another. If you and I... Don't have a one another spirit. Think of how much of what God has for us to do, to be and to receive that we miss out on. If all I do when I come to church is think about me. Did I get the seat I wanted? Was the coffee the way I like it? Did I get a car park where I usually park? In this church that's just so full of car spaces. Woo, huh? Now, listen, I'm not just trying to G you up here because I know there'd be people here today and online that you've got some massive issues in your life. I'm not trying to make light of them. I'm just saying in the middle of all those, can you find a way to help care for someone else? You might be saying, oh, Jeff, you don't understand. I need all the care I can get. Don't miss out on all that God has for you because you neglect the 27 one others of the Bible. Come team. So let me ask you again. So who is the pastor of Metro Church anyway? Is it the person with the title? Is it the person who gets to stand on the stage? Or is the pastor of Metro Church? All of us. Ephesians 4. Fivefold, and I'm meant to carry every single one of the people have asked me over the years, Which one of the fivefold are you? I have, they've asked me that, and I go, I don't know, and I don't care. That always shocks them because they've got to you mean you don't care, don't you want to be an apostle? Like it's the top of the tree. And I go, Well, that's that's fake for a start because God never just because it's number one, on the list doesn't mean it's number one. Like Rebecca is. Sorry to disappoint you, Rebecca. Who's your first child? Rebecca, does that mean I love her more than I love Nathan? Who came second? No. (laughs) That'd be dumb. This is not about a list that we want to climb the totem pole. This is about all of us saying, God, how can I carry that? How can I express that for you in Jesus' name? Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Can we sing that in a minute? We love you. That's, I don't even know what that song was called. I love you, Lord. Because, you know, Jesus said, loving Him means I've got to love others. It's foundational to the gospel. The Bible says this, if you say you love God whom you can't see, but you don't love your brother or your sister whom you can see, how on earth do you think the love of God's in you? Amen. We, we really want, Today. Don't we, every single one. We sang Have My Heart. This, I, I, I pray you'll take this in the spirit with which I give it, because I do believe this church is phenomenal. The amount of care, this is not a message spoken to the disobedient. This is a message spoken to the obedient, urging us for even more. Urging us to not miss an opportunity to become a blessing. Whether that's in your workplace, whether that's at your uni, whether that's at your school whether that's in your home, your neighbourhood, wherever it may be. Lord, would you help us today? Would you help us today? God, if we never get fame or fortune, let us be known by heaven as the person who did good in Jesus' name. Thank you for that, Holy Spirit. Thank you for that. Just while we're praying, some of you that are a part of this service, you've never met Jesus. You say, how can I meet someone who's died? Well, he not only died, he rose again. He not only died and rose again. He says, I'm here. He says, he's present. He's listening. He said it this way in Revelation 3. Behold, I stand at the door, the door of your life. He said, I knock on it. If you hear his voice and open the door, he said, I'll come into you. I I still I read all this science stuff and I read all this philosophy stuff and it's all so complex. I remember reading a maths book that talked about an infinite number of universes so that all this stuff was possible. And I'm going, how nutty are we when we stumble over the simple, trying to make sense of the complicated? Let me give it to you simply again. Jesus said, he said, if you will open the door of your life, I'll come in. He never said, if you figured it all out, if you worked it all out, if you've got all this stuff lined up, he just said this, open the door, I'll come in. Let me help you do that right now. Father, for those that right now want to say to you, would you come into my life? They got lots of questions and struggles and doubts and all the rest of that. But Jesus, you never said, I'll come in once you've figured that out. You just said, open the door. So I thank you for those that are saying yes to you right now in their heart. Thank you for those, Lord, that will be a part of this service some later in time in the week. And they'll get to this moment and go, I want to say yes. Thank you for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to congratulate every one of you. Just say thank you to you for saying yes to Christ. Let me tell you what we'd love you to do just next after that. And that send us your yes. If you're in Australia... It's 0488-826-392. If you're outside of Australia or you'd want to get our daily help, no strings attached, simple. We'll send it to you via email or via text if you're in Australia. It fits on one screen of the smartphone. A different Bible verse every day to encourage you. A different prayer every day to help you start talking to God and start building relationship with God. We'd love to do that. 0488-826-392 or... Yes.metrochurch.org.au. Of course, if you're with us live right now on MetroChurch.online, the Yes button's there right now. Just tap on that Yes and give us your details. We'll never write and ask you for anything. We're never going to give your detail to anybody else. I thank God for this and uh, the team that put it all together because it comes from our church. Nothing gets outside of these walls here. It's, it's ours and we do that. And I think it's such a blessing to so many people. So please say your yes to Jesus. Amen.